This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. One, two, three. Hey, guys. Guys, Welcome welcome back to to Violating Community Guidelines guidelines with Brittany (laughs) and Sarah. And Brittany's currently in Florida right now, so we have her over Zoom. Hey, y'all. How y'all doing? (laughs) I'm in swamp country. Is it really swamp? What part of Florida? Destin. Oh, yeah. There's there's gators. Gators in in the ocean? I never know if, well, actually, I do know this because the American education system actually succeeded in this. I know gators are in America. Crocodiles are where else? Then explain zoos. Uh, but also for anyone who's watching this on YouTube, I have stuff shoved up my nose right now because I think my nose is broken. So if you're like, what is that white stuff? I'm, I'm going to the doctor later. It's a whole thing. <laughs> if you're watching medically, Sarah's unwell, but <laughs> it's going to be fixed. Um, so today we're going to be talking about crime solved online. So like internet communities that have, I realize that Brittany's not actually to my right. I, she's on the screen in front of me, but I keep looking to my right. You do what you gotta do. <laughs> yeah, so um, internet communities that have solved crimes. And we're gonna talk about like internet vigilanteism and like the ethics behind it, but mainly focus on the actual crimes that have been solved on the internet. And we do want to do a little disclaimer that this is by no means all of the cases that have been solved online. How many times do we have to say this? We are not a professional research institution. (laughs) We're just pointing out the stuff that's interesting and what Stanley deems interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're going to go over a couple examples of things that are actually kind of insane. Just like the the sheer amount of information online and what people can gather and solve. Um, And so if we skipped over... A super famous one. Blame Stanley, not us. <laughs> yeah. But we're going to talk about... Um, can you imagine? We have 10 examples. Only 10 crimes have been solved from the internet. That's it. <laughs> All right. you guys enjoy. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about like internet vigilanteism and like what it is and why it really matters for crime solving on the internet. Um, internet vigilantism is the act of carrying out vigilante activities through the internet. Oh, my God. The term encompasses vigilantism against alleged scams, crimes, and non-internet related behavior. So this topic doesn't just like cover like crimes that are like, like internet crimes, like, you know, pirating or... <laughs> I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> it's, not- I mean, it's basically Batman 
on a MacBook. <laughs> yeah, it's just a man sitting in his basement with a Batman mask on, like solving <laughs> like solving crime online. That's literally it. Yeah. That's, that's the most apt description that I can think of. It is Bruce Wayne without the budget. He just doesn't yeah. have a car, and he's kind of yeah. like relegated to the internet. He's equipped with a desktop and uh, <laughs> Dorito fingers. Yes. Um, so the expanding scope of media savvy and online interaction has enabled vigilantes to utilize methods specific to the internet in order to distribute justice to parties they consider to be corrupt, but who have not committed a formal crime or have been held accountable or have not been held accountable by the criminal justice system. Internet vigilantism originated in the early 2000s and has since evolved to include a variety of methods such as hacking, baiting and public shaming. Also, internet vigilant vigilantism, vi internet vigilantism <laughs> changes in cultural. Oh, we got a snot rocket. <laughs> what? Well, can't put that out of Sarah's nose. Internet vigilantism changes in cultural and political drive depending on location and has varying relationships to state authority depending on context. There are many internet vigilante groups as well as individuals. And I do. We're going to talk about this. Well, I guess let's talk about it right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, the relationship to state authority. Yeah. Is, you know, how much of this is undermining local authority or state authority? Sometimes the, this is an interstate thing. Yeah. Um, no. Like, yeah, good. exactly. Like, when I thought about like internet vigilantism, vigilantism, oh, <laughs> it's so super hard. I always thought about like actual crimes, you know, like trying to like using the internet to like identify people at the insurrection would be like a way to use social media to identify. I didn't, um, I realized that he broke it up into two. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, sort of like moral policing, like someone who they deemed have, like they think has done something wrong. And right. I assume that that would go into like canceling and like, uh, dogpiling on that person to get yeah. some sort of justice. So that's kind of a separate thing that I was, I wasn't really thinking about. Yeah. And, and it's a good, I mean, subcategory of this because this is so overarching, like it encompasses a lot of different things. And so he included some methods are online shaming, which that'll do the job if you're the type of person where shame works on you. If you have um, emotions, if you have human emotions, yes. If you, you know, identify with that at all, that'll do it. Um, doxing and under doxing could also be swatting where they literally call the SWAT team to your house. Uh -huh. Reintegrative shaming, which is public shaming based on the perspective that the act is meant to shame the behavior rather than the target, which I have never seen that happen. Uh -huh. Like that the target can be redeemed and reintegrated into society. When has, and I'm talking in the sphere of influencers and internet yeah. people, when has someone been canceled and been like, all right, well, we still love you, yeah. but you did a bad thing, but no. we love you and we're going to forgive you and you're all good. I have that never, doesn't happen. No, no, no white person says a slur online and everyone's like, okay, we can all agree it's the slur that's wrong, but right. we still love, it's like, no, there's, I don't think this, I would like to actually see an example of, where this has worked and who who used it. Me too. It. Uh -huh. Me too. And I, I, it's a wild thing. He included this, and I was like, I've never actually. I can't think of a single example. Uh huh. Because um, it's people are out for blood. Yeah. I mean, we'll do a whole other episode on cancel culture, but that usually is, you know, they're using that person as an example. Uh -huh. It's like a head on a stake. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> there's another one called the human flesh search engine, which is not as gory as it sounds. <laughs> Um, this is a method originating in China in the early 2000s, which works as a cyber manhunt. It's basically crowdsourcing. It consists of crowdsourcing and pooling together information 
from the public via online forums to conduct vigilante justice Did like, through it, the internet. It's but, and, like, could they have picked a worse human title? flesh search engine? It kind of reminds me of like how some keyboards will have like thumbprint scanners. This is just yeah. like you place a sliver of human skin on it to like try to find this person. Yeah. Uh, in, your, in your wallet, it's yes. like your credit card ID and a little like <laughs> laminated piece of human flesh. Like, uh, like you have like right next to like a picture of your wife is just like a tanned a chunk of your like hand skin <laughs> that's like leathery. Plus search engine and ID, please. ID and registration. It's just your skin. <laughs> Um, there's there's also denial of service attacks, um, hacktivism, scam baiting, and identity theft activism. I know that um, it's not John Green. Uh, what's that guy who is in Without Hank a Paddle? Green. Hank? No, not Hank Green. Um, Seth Green. <laughs> who was in ah. Without a Paddle? Hank Green. No, this is the third Green brother. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Seth Green recently had his NFT stolen. He was like talking about how you know it made him like so much money, and then he fa- like fell for like a phishing scam. I was like, just just Um, hacktivism. I is that where you hack someone's uh, account and then like get them banned or something, or like deactivate their account? Yeah, that or is hacktivism also, I feel like a lot of these are, people will create like a software that's downloadable and idiots will download it and it allows the creator of the software to hack into that person's computer. Uh Uh-huh. Is that hacktivism? Or also is that just like Dixie D'Amelio being like, someone hacked my TikTok. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Someone thinks it's a righteous cause to take down Dixie (laughs) D'Amelio. He has to be stopped, dude. Someone! <laughs> I'm putting the Batman logo in the sky to stop yes. it. What is she even doing? Uh, and then the inner, the term internet vigilantism, vigilantism <laughs> describes punitive public denunciations aimed at swaying public opinion in order to take justice in one's own hand. But um, so it goes on. Do you want to talk more about the uh, different types of vigilantism? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so... Yes, it's taking justice into one's one's own hands by engaging in forms of targeted surveillance, unwanted attention, negative publicity, repression, coercion or dissuasion. And it's interesting because, you know, we always joke about like these teens online or people online. It's just like you have nothing better to do. Yeah, this is one of those instances where it's like. You have nothing better to do, and you're kind of doing some good with that time. Yeah, you, like, realize you have nothing better to do. You have nothing better to do, so you're going to open cold cases from 1968 and solve them. Solve them. How bored can you you get? You're like, God, there's nothing to eat or, like, do in the house. I guess I'm going to solve a cold case. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'm going to figure out who Jane Doe is. Um, um, an associate professor in sociology at Telecom Paris Tech named Benjamin Loveluck, he slays, mm-hmm. researches digital sociology, and he identified the four main forms of internet vigilantism. Flagging, investigation, hounding, which <laughs> slay, and organized denunciation. Internet vigilantism can work as a type of peer surveillance. This is based on the premise that shame can be used as a form of social control. Again, only if you're impacted by being shamed. Yes, I would like say, so a lot of people say that cancel culture doesn't work. And I would argue for the most part, it doesn't at a certain point, like big celebrities. But I also think it like think of it as like sort of like, 
you know, the threat of cancel culture has improved, like, how people interact online. So maybe it's, like, yeah. a negative reinforcement sort of situation. Yeah. We're, like, if... You know, maybe someone's forced to be publicly better because they're afraid of being like shit on by the internet, which I guess canceling could work in that sort of way. Yeah. Well, I always think about it like this in terms of, I mean, you and I have platforms and I've definitely learned a lot since I was in 2009 on Twitter, you know, like things change, you evolve as a person, you grow up, but it's also like, would you agree that the general direction of the moral compass on the internet uh-huh. is pretty correct is it pretty moral i would say so um it's getting there it's it's definitely a lot better than it was in 2009 you know yeah. it's noticeably better there are obviously still room for improvements but i think it's yeah it's pretty yeah. moral but, yeah <laughs> over i mean even things like these platforms adapting to there's a place where you can put your pronouns and things like that it's like people are listening and they're speaking and they're you know we're moving in a better direction but it's also like it has to be such extremism to get there i i think about this all the time of like we as content creators like what we're posting what we're doing there's a certain moral compass in me that has been instilled in me from the internet yeah because the morals and the ethics online and the spaces we exist are so different from how I was raised. Yeah. And I'm very grateful for the internet, you know, for better or fucking worse. Mm -hmm. It's very much, it's taught me about all the different walks of life and it's things I would never have been exposed to as a white woman from the South. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, I'm very, yes, we deal with the worst of the worst in terms of canceling and people calling us out for, you should be talking about this. You should do this. You should do that. But it's also like, thank you for pointing that out. Cause I probably wouldn't have. No. Yeah, exactly. Like I was also raised in like a very Christian family and oh. like, I know there's a lot of bad things about the internet, but it is also like a news source, like during black yeah. lives matter, like you learned everything, like you learned so much. And then also, you know, just like TikTok, I learned about like native Hawaiians and like, you know, right. about cultures that I wouldn't hack actually have been like exposed to. So it makes you a smarter person. And I feel like that also makes you a little bit more moral, you know? Yeah. Yes. I feel like people like this to bring it back. Sorry. Yeah. People like this, you know, just that anonymous commenter, user 101060201, whatever, Uh where it's like, hey, their pronouns are da da da. Uh It's like they're kind of, they are the moral compass online. You know, it's like always just trying to correct. The original poster and just kind of to be more sensitive and more inclusive and whatever and so i feel like these people who are so attentive to detail yeah use that how it could be turned into bullying you know like your kid you didn't you use the wrong pronouns you whatever they use this and they turn it into like actual good civil work yeah. Does that make sense? Yes, Am I like, making sense? Yeah, I wouldn't say they're vigilantes at this point. I feel like the vigilantes no. probably reserved for like people who are like someone who's just like a shithead, like an unapologetic shithead, and they just want to like hack them to like get their shit taken down because they're posting very harmful things. I would right, say these right. are like baby vigilantes where they're like, hey, just so you know, what you said was kind of incorrect. Right. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Just kind of looking out. for the greater good it feels like Mm -hmm. and i'm very it can be annoying at times because you have to admit that you did something wrong yeah but at the end of the day i feel like it it's it's pushing that 
moral compass a little bit further in the right direction. No, yeah. So, I, I definitely think the internet made me a better person because my parents didn't teach me a lot morally. And so like the internet I really, agree. yeah. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. But continuing yeah. on to internet vigilantism. Vigilantism. Um, what, wait, where did you, where did you start? I mean, uh, internet vigilantism can work as a type of peer surveillance. That's kind of what I was, what we were getting at yeah. is that again, based on the premise that shame can be used as a form of social control, you can shame people into acting better and relationships often short-term between consumers formed for the purpose of achieving a goal. Um, there are muddied overlaps between internet vigilantism and cyberbullying, which <laughs> is very true. Yes. As both utilize shaming methods and cyberbullying may sometimes be conducted under the guise of internet vigilantism. And this is in the case that a vigilante realizes they aren't achieving social justice, but utilize it as a means of rationalizing their acts. What do you think about that? I definitely agree. Like it's where... Uh, I keep circling back to this um, example, like when I made that joke about TJ Maxx's always being disorganized and dirty, and someone was like, hey, saying that TJ Maxx's are disorganized and dirty is classist, and I would I would understand where they would be correct if I said anyone who shops at TJ Maxx is poor and not worthy of life. That would be classist and weird, and honestly. And you did tweet that shortly after. Yes, and I did. Yeah, I doubled down. <laughs> no, but they, so they were trying to like... Um, they were trying to say that they were like being like socially like conscious, like under the they were under the guise of social consciousness, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. But it really was just them trying to be a dick because they didn't hear what I said and they just wanted to like shoot their. Sh I was gonna say yeah. shoot their shot, but like, um, make, yeah, make me feel stupid. You are a classist. Please go on a date with me. Oh my god. Oh my god. I want you so bad. God, I love flawed human beings. 
Oh, I love you so much. <laughs> I was going to say shoot me down, but then I said shoot my shot. It's a whole thing. But cyberbullying often involves publishing of private information to publicly humiliate the target, but is typically driven by the bully's ability to get away with harassment rather than a desire for social change. Exactly. Mm. Um, digital vigilantism can also overlap with the digital activism as an awareness of a social issue may increase due to the dissemination of information and weaponization of visibility associated with digital vigilante tactics that's a mouthful i know uh visibility enables the broadening of social outrage and is used in digital social justice campaigns agreed i think that um this is we're getting into where it gets dangerous yeah you know where yes you can shout out people for wrongdoings and try to correct them and you know we're working towards the greater good but when you're posting their address online and you're doing all this well you know what i'll backtrack a little bit because i think in some cases i support that if you are a racist misogynistic whatever you know you're just like you're one of those people online and people tweet your mom's name, where you went to school, where you're going to college, where you work, and you get fired and you don't get let into college, I think you deserve that. You are a terrible person and you should not be afforded the opportunities that a normal person should have because you're going to spread that behavior to all those environments. Yeah. I I wouldn't say like posting their address unless they're saying that they're like, I don't know if they're suggesting or they keep making weird jokes about like hurting their dog or something, then that's when it's like find their IP address like this. That's really weird. But I definitely like if someone is like being really racist on like TikTok and they're like about to go to college, I totally understand like finding out where this person goes to high school and like forwarding it to their school board and being like, is this the person who, you know, represents your community? And then they be. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. I always, you know, it feels also too, like when that happens, people, it's a group effort. Like when a bunch of people email and they're like, this person is a piece of shit. Like they're hateful. Look at all the shit they've said online. Like you said, does this represent your institution? Does this person represent your college? Do something. And then they do something and they're like, you know, you're, you're expelled, you're whatever. It's kind of like a, you know, we did that. (laughs) Yeah. It reminds me derailing that kid's life, but it's also like, they're a bad person yeah it reminds me of like um when someone goes to like a restaurant and like they talk about their horrible experience on tiktok and now you see like all the restaurant reviews like flooded with like one star reviews yep yep yeah wait there was something recently um a church got <laughs> one second let me look this up um yeah. is it google reviews for a church <laughs> yeah, no 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 um so a uh, pastor who called Democrats demons claimed he gave up his tax exempt status like his church lost their tax uh, exempt status because he was like suggesting that they were going to do like another insurrection. And so like people saw that like after it was posted online and then they had to now he has to pay taxes. The church has to pay taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Just, let's go. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> Wow. I know. It's crazy. Like, if you're a dick and it gets on the internet, it's probably going to really screw you over. No, there's consequences. I know. Oh, that lady. No. <laughs> just like that lady at that fucking. Um, she was like walking her dog without a leash. And then that guy was like, hey, you need to put your dog on the leash. And then she was like, like harassing him and like accusing him of like something that he wasn't doing. And then she lost her job. And she was like, how could this have happened? What? Why did this? Ha- I threatened someone. <laughs> I'm the victim. Yeah. 
Yes. I think it's also um to be a pastor, dude, and yeah. to say all that, like you're insane. That's insane. That's insane. I okay. think a lot of pastors are absolutely insane. I mean, you have to be kind of unhinged to think that you are the mouth of God. Yeah. <laughs> when you really think about it, like I'm a vessel of Christ. Hey, maybe no, you're not. I imagine maybe, maybe no, you're not. the way you phrase that. I imagine it's like a game of telephone. Like God tells Jesus something and Jesus tells like the pastor and pastor the pastor. Bob. Yes, Pastor Bob. And pa- the pastor's like, I think he said like, don't kill or, <laughs> or do kill gay people. I'm not sure. It was kind of muffled. I heard it in a dream. <laughs> yeah. And then God's like, no, I said this. And yes. But um, I, 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 that's actually <laughs> really deconstructed. That's insane. That's literally. Trust me. Guys, trust. It's like those on Ask Jeeves. It's like, how do you know this? Trust me, bro. <laughs> that's that's past What's that like? Um, what's that child's game where you like draw a picture and then people on the next page have to guess what it is? Mary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's literally yeah. how the Bible came about. Like originally, like homo- um, homosexuals wasn't a word in the Bible, and like it was added in like the 30s or 40s. So I imagine just like you know, someone drew like two men sleeping together, but it was really a verse and about how yeah, mm. a priest shouldn't lay with a, a young boy, and then someone flipped the page and they're like, gay. No gay. <laughs> and that's how it got in the Bible. Is it Pictionary? Pictionary. Okay. Yes. But There's little like hearts in the corner. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so cyber vigilante it originated in the early 2000s with the rise of the internet and gained traction um, in China uh, where it was used as a method of exposing government corruption and utilizing civic engagement. That sounds like, you know, pretty decent use of that. Um, Sounds like a great movie. Yes. It also, it's also a means of sharing previously censored or unavailable information. The popularity of these activities arose due to the human flesh search engine, which enables the <laughs> conduction of cyber manhunts. The first of these manhunts was conducted in 2006 when a veto surfaced online of a woman killing her kitten with her high heels. Oh, my God. That's awful. And this was like a repeat offender, too. Uh-huh. Like this woman, it was multiple videos. Um, and I ended up making a Netflix show about it uh-huh. of like finding her and tracking her down. Yeah. For, like doing that. Cause that's, that's insane. Yeah. They and made, it was anonymous. It, yeah. I don't know if it was the same person, but it like it's Netflix. Um, don't fuck with cats. Um, mm-hmm. Hunting an internet killer. Um, it's a widespread effort by internet vigilantes to make a work, like a track down a serial cat murderer on the internet who has been posting anonymous videos of their activities. Yeah. Did that's you watch wild. that? I did not. Um, it was just a you lot. A new episode? <laughs> it was crazy because it was a lot of people on Facebook, like forums, where they would have very little information in the frame, but you could like zoom in on the back and you'd see like a logo on the wall, or you know you could tell which way the sun came in the room, and so that using just vague. I know just it's like so vague, and they use that information to catch this person. That's why and that people do that on TikTok too. TikTok, YouTube videos. Um, um, like for albums coming out, like artists, recording artists. Yeah. When it's like, oh, they were here at this time and this picture correlates to that. And also people were at the airport. It's just like, what, dude? Yeah. Go get a job. Get a job. What are you doing? But also, <laughs> you're doing good work. Yes. <laughs> <Keep> it up. <laughs> uh, internet, I hate saying vigilantism now, um, can also take the form of dark justice. Uh, as we see vigilante pedophile hunters pose as children online in, in order to ensnare sexual predators. Yeah, that's um, like, yeah. Yeah, I think that this is so, first of all, like 
great work. I mean, to take it upon yourself to be like, this person is a known predator and to go literally as an undercover mission and be like, I'm going to pose as a teenage girl, I'm going to pose as this and you catch them. I mean, it's literally like the show catfish. Yeah. It's like Nev and Max. They're the closest thing we have to Batman. <laughs> Nev is Batman. They should get like uh, like a catfish mask. They should. I was thinking like, you know, like how Batman has his. Whiskers. They just have whiskers and they show up looking like fish to like two people who are clearly not like who they say they are. Yeah. What's going on here, guys? <laughs> I think that that's insane. I think catfish is a show, first of all, what a crazy concept. Mm -hmm. And it's still, I mean, I we really don't hear about catfishing as common now as we did probably like five years ago. Would you agree? Yeah, because I mean, like, usually you can do like a reverse image search um, to see if this person, like you're actually talking to them. Have yeah. you, I've had people like use my um, like pictures on like different profiles and I'm like Anna. And it's really nice because sometimes they'll say I'm like younger than I am. Um, okay, but that's that's pretty much it. I haven't seen it in a while. It's usually it was when I was like on Vine mainly. Yeah, uh, people don't. Do, I'm not pretty enough for people to do that to me. So, uh, hey, I'm 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 grateful. Shut up. Identity theft, dude. How do you deal with that? Well, I'm the real one. Dude, I told you I got banned from Hinge for impersonating myself. And that then, is insane. I know. So I guess so many people were like, "This can't possibly be Sarah." And I submitted my passport photo, and they still never gave it back. They said. <laughs> they sold it on the dark web yes. free passport <laughs> and just selling passports um yeah. but yeah it is it also this also reminds me of like um on tiktok you can pay girls to like slide into your boyfriend's dms to like test his loyalty um so it's kind it's of insane. yeah so it's it's i think that's really fun as well i mean besides when it really hurts your feelings because you find out they're cheating on you um, yeah but yeah it's but a, hey being an internet vigilante in that sense mm -hmm. girls doing, doing the lord's work I, was, I guess i was gonna say you're doing the lord's work okay yes um so do you want to talk about the legality of it all right so in 2002 in the united states representative howard berman proposed the peer-to-peer -peer piracy prevention act P -P 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 -P. which would have protected copyright yeah <laughs> ppp <laughs> Which would have protected copyright holders from liability for taking measures to prevent the distribution, reproduction, or display of their copyrighted works on peer-to-peer -peer computer networks. Peer-to-peer -peer computer networks. <laughs> That's the most 2002 sentence. Legislation would have given copyright holders both carrots and sticks and said that copyright owners should be free to use reasonable, limited self-help measures to thwart P2P piracy if they can do so without causing harm. I don't know what that means. But Professor James D. Miller acknowledged the threats to the privacy of legitimate Internet users that such actions would pose, but drew comparisons with other successful crime fighting measures that can invade privacy, such as metal detectors at airports. And I also wanted to bring up that this is insane. Like, it's a very, um, I would say, accurate comparison, uh -huh. because like how many other things can you think of that are invasive like that? like digging through your bag at a concert, like your pads and tampons fall out. Yeah. Or like literally getting padded down. But like I, that's wild. I would say that's like very necessary though. Like especially with yeah. recent, I mean, the events that have happened, like where people have brought like guns or knives. So I understand that. What also is crazy, the reason why we take our shoes off at the airport is because one guy flying from, I think like Paris to Miami tried to like bring a shoe bomb on the plane. And it was literally only one time. And now everyone has to take their shoes off. Yeah. Do you know how many cases of athlete's foot I've gotten? <laughs> Why are you going to the airport without socks on? 
What's up? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm PSA pre-check. I don't got to take my shoes off. Yeah, no, I just don't even show up with shoes on. Yeah. If I took my shoes off at the airport or on the plane, um, it would knock out people in a 10-foot radius around me. My my feet smell like pickles, and I just wanted to get that off my chest. <laughs> but pickles are kind of nice smelling. Pickles are delicious. Yeah, I love not, them. not when it's on the human body, though. <laughs> Um, so with the relationship to authority, uh, digital vigilantism can be viewed as a menace to the authorities or an expression of digital citizenship, depending on the context. Vigil- I would vote for digital citizenship. Yeah. Um, vigilantes may view their actions as di- digital citizenship if they are seeking to improve the safety of online interaction. Here's the thing. I understand how it can be absolutely annoying to like law enforcement. If you know, if, if people, if you've misidentified someone, you're like, oh, I know this right. person and they're not. And there's act- countless examples of that. Like, yeah. Falsely identifying someone and they're completely innocent and they literally go to prison yeah. because of shit. And if they don't go to prison, their reputation in the community is now like ruined. So I can understand yeah. why it would be annoying to law enforcement. The other thing is, is like, I don't really think a lot of people in law enforcement are like social media savvy. Not I, at all. I think it's such- shocking because I feel like that should be a prerequisite for the environment we exist in today. Yeah. Like you can literally talk to like teenage girls who can find someone Someone's brother's cousin, former employee's dog walker through like tag photos on Instagram. Yeah. And I don't think I would trust the police doing the same thing. The police should employ teenage girls to find people. They really should. Jealous teenage girls yes. are the most investigative journalists we have ever had on the planet. Exactly. They could have broken Watergate. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> If you put one horny, jealous teenage girl <laughs> in 1968, done. Is that when Watergate? That's when Nixon was president. Nixon presidency. 69 to 74. Damn, I was almost there. Why five? Oh, impeached. Um, <laughs> I was like, what a weird time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or yeah like, I need to find it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, or that one president who was like, president for a month because he got cold outside during the inauguration <laughs> bitch <laughs> it's kind of chilly he just didn't bring a coat outside hey it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels so whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble.
Yeah. Uh, vigilantes' responses to perceived malicious activity have reportedly caused the loss of digital evidence, thereby obstructing law enforcement efforts in as, uh, ascertaining attribution and judicion, jurisdiction over cybercrime offenses. Uh, therefore, internet vigilantism is generally in opposition to legitimate criminal investigations and views, viewed as tampering with evidence. I get that. I would especially when you think about it in the sense of like okay if evidence is a Twitter account yeah and all the tweets there within if enough people report that account whatever and the account gets taken down you're reliant upon screenshots now that people can doctor you can't doctor tweets dude yeah like imagine like admitting to killing someone on twitter and then like everyone reports you and now like the only confession is just like twitter's like sorry we can't get it back yeah (laughs) we can give you a new violated community guidelines (laughs) sorry 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 that's like wild to think about that like you can literally have an, a whole account wiped and all that evidence is gone now you're reliant upon screenshots from teenage girls yeah that easily be edited and doctored it's just like this is so insane and also to think that like a twitter feed or a, a twitter thread could be literally um what's it called not indoctrinated used in court yeah, like admissible evidence in court. Yeah. Social media people really jump the gun when you re- report an account that wipes all the evidence or like you break very sad news to like a family member. Yes. Yeah. Hey, vigilanteism. <laughs> dial it back. Well, all the day's work. Let's <laughs> yeah. dial it back, guys. Ruin multiple people's lives protecting and serving. Clocking out for the day. <laughs> you close your laptop, move the plate of nuggets on top of it, and just like watch The Simpsons. <laughs> Mom, my dino nuggets are cold. Um, do you want to talk about the internet vigilante groups? Because there's some names I can't pronounce. Yeah, we're going to go for it. Some of these are Russian. So if you are Russian, I would stop listening now or skip forward 30 seconds. Um, There are many internet vigilante groups permeating the internet with different motivations and levels of anonymity. I would say the most famous by far is anonymous. Mm -hmm. Um, To be honest, I don't even know how anonymous works. Yeah. I don't know how they get centralized information. I have followed a couple anonymous accounts on Twitter, but I know that those are not really reliable um especially during blm and all that i was i was being warned not to trust what those accounts were saying and uh-huh. i know that it's a a decentralized like that's kind of the mission is that it's not just one person that they can target it's a bunch of people all over the planet yeah um, and th- th- it's they're anonymous and i think that they arguably work for good uh-huh. You know, exposing secrets and all that and, and government documents. and <laughs> But I still I'm not I don't really want to speak to it too much because it kind of confuses me. And I think it's kind of scary. Yeah. So the next one is Liga Basel Paznogo Interneta, a Russian nonprofit dedicated to regulating extremist material online. We need one of these. Uh-huh. Bad. Yeah. The next one is Stop Zam also known as Stop a Deuce Bag, <laughs> good one, guys, is a Russian youth group that publicly shames bad drivers via online videos. <laughs> we need that, too. Oh, dude, have you, because um, I, Russian dash cam videos on YouTube, have you ever, like, watched them? <laughs> like, yes. their driving is so bad that a lot of people just have dash cams. It is insane how people drive in Russia. 
<laughs> it stresses me out to think about yes. it. The ones I've seen, it's literally like, oh, okay. And then no one does anything. There's, just cle- driving. There's clearly like a train coming down tracks and a school bus is like, I can make it. Lower <laughs> <laughs> <Lord>. it. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally they, they're living in gta yes. zomri oslobok is another online community which publishes political satire on facebook and means of inspiring civic engagement okay all right that just sounds like a singular guy who like posts like political memes yeah just one guy like all right guys make sure to go vote like you're annoying um one of the most famous ones um one of the most famous websites is web sleuths web sleuths is an internet community that is focused on crime and missing persons and they've solved a lot of these cases uh-huh. privately owned web sleuths llc maintains a forum for registered users to discuss and classify information related to crimes trials and unsolved cases which they try to solve uh-huh. someone named trisha griffith purchased the site in 2004. Some of the content is available for viewing without registration, uh, but members have an option to be verified with their credentials with the administrator if they have a specific expertise, like DNA analysis professionals, if you're a law enforcement officer or are related to a specific crime in some way. Like if you're a relative, if you were there, if you're a witness. um, So that's insane. But also you could lie. Yeah. I guess anyone could lie at any time. Talk to a police officer, you can lie. Yes. Or they could. They should add like in the drop down, like jealous teenage girl. Yeah. <laughs> I feel yeah. like that's enough cre- like credentials. Honestly, we are not weaponizing the jealous teenage girls enough <laughs> in this country. <laughs> we aren't. Uh, there are some notable cases. Um, crimes which have received national attention are always highlighted by Web Sleuths. In 2008, Kaylee Anthony murder and 2011 trial of her mother drew years of interest and commentary regarding the murder, media attention to the case, and documentation of evidence and information. And then remember the- that, dude? Is this Casey Anthony's mother? Casey Anthony is the mom. Kaylee Anthony is the daughter. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really watch a lot of true crime. It just makes me so sad. It does, too. And also, it's this the true crime obsession wave that we've been seeing. And we're going to do a whole episode on this. Yeah. um, Is so invasive and it's so insensitive. And they treat it like it's a fucking game show. Yeah. Or like interactive, like American Idol. (laughs) <laughs> what do you think? Be sure to text your. It's just like yeah. these are real families. These are real people, and it's actively ongoing. Yeah. Um, there was another one. The um, uh, Gabby. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this one that happened literally August of last year? No. They were. It was. Oh, Gabby. Gabby yes, I do. And her her boyfriend. We'll get into that in a second. But people, the way that people were talking about that on TikTok, I was like, this is just. It's so I could not imagine being her mother or her sister yeah. and watching people talk about it like that. Okay, guys, like getting on TikTok. I mean, okay, guys. So I was watching this video. And here's what I did. <laughs> oh my god! Or they're like but. on YouTube. They're doing like a dramatic smoky eye while talking about like how she was like <laughs> found deceased. And you're like, do you see how this is wildly inappropriate? That is so insane. The internet is so wild. I understand like cases that have been like j- cases from like before 1940, kind of maybe. It's it's, it's detached enough yeah. to where you can talk about it in terms of. I mean, I get it's still a human life loss. Yeah. But 
you know, it's far enough removed. These ones that are actively ongoing and they do shit like that, it's like, yeah. you have to just cringe. Yeah. I mean, but you could do like a dramatic smoky eye to the Hindenburg crash. And that would be totally acceptable, I feel like. Dramatic uh, smoky eye holiday vampy <laughs> look to World War II memorabilia, <laughs> like talking about... The perfect oh. red lip to the Titanic. <laughs> Just... But yeah, it's actually really crazy how like, and also with the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp trial. The oh, way dude. That, the way that people are talking about that as if it's like teams or they're making memes. I'm like, this is domestic abuse. What is yeah. wrong with y'all? Yeah. And it's also the bigger issue of um, uh, false accusations uh-huh. and how scary that is. Yeah. You know, and, and it's such a slippery slope to talk about. It's it's. Yeah. I've talked about it with my family and we're just like, I mean, it's interesting because we all love Johnny Depp, yeah. but it's like, I don't think that this should have been public. Yeah. And it's so unfortunate. How, how invasive is that? Like if that was your divorce hearing. Yeah. Like there's like people, there's like a live stream on TikTok of like the entire. Di- yeah. And you, if you go into the comments, some like shitheads will be like, what are their pronouns? Or like stuff like that. And you're like, dude, chill. Johnny, we love you in parts of the Caribbean. Yeah. Do the face, <laughs> do the face, do the run. It's like he's literally standing trial. He's sobbing on the stand. Yeah. Please stop. Anyway. Yeah, but <clears throat> last year when they did the Gabby Petito case, everyone on TikTok was just so disrespectful. They People, were feral over it. Yeah. People all over the world were quick to jump to social media platforms to try and piece together the missing um, case themselves. Um, the spread of these conspiracies and insights on the case have spread like rapid fire on TikTok alone. Videos tagged with hashtag Gabby Petito has been viewed over 900 million times. Um, an internet sleuth is a person who searches, yeah, the internet for information on a person or an event, doing a kind of detective work through the internet. Um, with the rise of internet sleuths, it raises the question, are they actually helping or is it harmful to the investigation of the case? I want to say, like, I think it's... Half and half. Um, obviously, I feel like it's kind of similar to back in the day when people like tip lines. I mean, I assume there's still tip lines where there would be yeah. crazy people who do call in and it's just a bunch of false leads. And the yeah. Internet just amplifies that, um, yeah. which could exhaust community resources and police. Yeah. But I also you think know? it kind of is helpful because, like, didn't the person who, like, helped, like, I, they identified Gabby Petito's camper is another camper who saw them on TikTok like looking for the girl and they realized that they literally have footage driving by Gabby Petito's uh, van. Wow. Yeah. So I wow. get it It does help, but it also doesn't help. I think that, not to get political, but the question of like, are they actually helping or is it harmful to the investigation of a case applies to the police as well. Yes. I mean, there are, it is in every county and every city police mishandling yeah. uh, evidence. Yeah. And I have a cousin who works in she's a forensic investigator and she is just beside herself with the incompetency in some of these like forensic departments of like grown men who have been trained in this, just mishandling evidence, losing evidence. Yeah. Things like that. It's just like completely going off the rails of procedure and all this. And it's like it would happen regardless, you know, mm-hmm. if this is internet people, it, but internet people interfering just makes it worse. Yeah. But I would say, you know, people are not utilizing the helpfulness of the average digital citizen. You know, like if the average digital citizen is trying to help, 
and is like, I have like, look at this video, dude. And it's yeah. like actual evidence. I feel like people don't really, that's insane. That is an untapped resource. Yeah. I feel like uh, if you're like, if you want to get into online crime, I feel like the safest thing to do is like the people who find like, who like reopen like cold cases, because yeah. if the community is not actively working on that, you know, pool all the resources you have to working on that. I feel like with, um, I, active crimes I would just unless you 100% know something I probably wouldn't engage with yeah. the crime itself yeah because you could end up doing more harm mm -hmm. than good yes um, so community policing is a collaboration between the police and the community where the two can identify and solve community issues together the idea is that the authorities are not the only guardians of law and order and that members of the community can help become allies to enhance the safety and quality of their community like Nev from Catfish. Yeah. <laughs> the crime of He's Catfish. He's a modern American hero. Yes. Um, although it sounds nice in theory, there are plenty of implications that arise with community policing. For one, it would require police organizations to distractly change the way they work. Drastically. Oh my God. Drastically change the way they work. Typical, the, typically, the police will provide their assistance in solving problems and offering helpful resources. And then citizens would then instead voice their concern and contribute their own advice on how to handle issues and even act on the current concerns. It's obvious that a successful collaboration would involve patience and understanding across the board. It's hard to say whether acting as an internet sleuth would be considered community policing. I mean, I, I assume it's just like, uh, have you, like, it's like, it's like an Amber alert, but online. Um, so like, I assume the police would be like, Hey, put out this uh, notification that this person is missing. And then Twitter comes together. Cause I feel like Twitter has definitely found missing people. Yes. Mm -hmm, by yes. just like retweeting, like my cousin got lost in this area or something like that. It's so nice when you see that. And, and I've retweeted a couple of those in the past and, and to check in later and you see that tweet that's like, we found him. Thank you to everyone. I mean, yeah. like it works. Yeah. I, it works. Yeah, dude. On the Citizen app, when there's like a silver alert, um, I feel like those get solved fairly like frequently. Is that people, um, have you seen this like older person? And then people have like, yeah. And so- I feel like it is really helpful and that's actually probably a way to get like law enforcement involved. What's also yeah. crazy is that people have used like citizen app footage in like court cases. <laughs> Dude, the thought of like, okay, so there'll be like a notification on the citizen app, which just like reports crime in your area. It's like 300 feet away. Someone's getting stabbed. Would you like to film it? Like imagine like if I just got out of bed and I was like, you know what? I have nothing better to do. There's no cold cases I want to solve right now. I just go out into the corner and I film someone being stabbed. And then yeah. there's and then there's an option like a like a community chat option where people are like, what type of knife is it? And it's like that's not important right now. <laughs> and I can't see it. It's in him. Emoji reaction. Yeah. Like, mm. Or like the praying hands emoji when someone's actively being assaulted. Just like, come on, dude. Like, um, have you ever filmed something on Susan app? Um, there, uh, our old place, there was um, a car crash at like 9 a.m. and I was grocery shopping and I just, I was already outside, so I took a picture of it. Yes. Period. Mm -hmm. At our current place, do you remember that? There was a wreck. Oh, yeah, yeah, on yeah. The section. It was right outside my window and I literally just <laughs> out of my window. God, my <laughs> fucking, ah. Thankfully, there's no blood on this. Sorry, I keep blowing the, this, um, <laughs> gauze out of my nose oh, that was like a perfectly timed snot rocket <laughs> anyway yeah i literally was just standing at my window really menacingly like holding my phone like this just filming it yeah what am i gonna do it's a car crash you know like the ambulance i heard them already coming the police were there and i was just live streaming and yeah people were like 
thank you so much. That's my sister. And I said, that's fucking crazy. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm just a citizen. I'm just a, a helpful crime solving citizen. And that's really how I identify. Yeah. But what's also kind of disturbing about the citizen app is that you can literally see dead people sometime. Like there was one thing about that feels a little illegal. Yeah. Like, um, I think, like a motorcyclist like went off the freeway and like someone was just filming it and he was laying there and I was like, dude, anyone, anyone can look at this guy right now. Like the police haven't even gotten here. Is that like, do you remember having to sign a, I'm, I confirm I'm 18 and up to download citizen? No, I don't think there's a, no, no, I think Chris, anyone can become citizen. Yeah. And I'm, I'm on citizen as Chris Angel and I think Chris Angel's in his forties. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm fine. No, but yeah, the citizen app is, I guess, a way for, I don't even know if they like collaborate with local law enforcement, but it's, they've definitely used footage from the citizen app in court cases. That's wild. I know. Um, I want to talk about the risks of this, yes. of internet vigilantism. So according to data from the Bureau of Justice, um, as of 2016, the U.S. reported having nearly 18,000 law enforcement agencies. However, an additional study shows that only 7% of those have units dedicated to solving cold cases. There's clearly a wide gap in the resources currently available to focus on missing persons and cold cases. And this makes it apparent that there is uh, space for crowd sleuthing because it's better that someone is giving attention to unsolved cases, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. One could argue that internet sleuthing is helping authorities to make society safer by harnessing the power of the internet's centralized information to provide extra protection for citizens. Yet the question still remains, can there be a risk to this vigilante style crime solving? Obviously, yes. Yeah. But I think also, like you said, police and the courts, uh, like they they catch the wrong people all the time. Yeah. I'm not saying that we should all start catching the wrong people, too. um, But there's risks on all sides. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes. I think that it's a very... um, sensitive thing you know where like and and this is the case too and just like you know anyone can become a police officer yeah anyone um whatever anyone can start working on a cold case and mislead people and provide misinformation and i think that by and large it's probably not the best way to go about it yeah but for those very rare few that maybe they're a retired cop, maybe they're whatever, maybe they're just really meticulous and attentive to detail, th- these rare cases where we can literally name them where c- crimes have been solved. Yeah. It's such a, a beautiful thing to come from the Internet, I uh-huh. think. Like, what a, a, did anyone ever think that that's how the Internet would be used? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I definitely would have a profession. Like they said, the other website, you have to like prove that you're a, you know, you work in like forensic research or used to be like a cop. And I think yeah. that's a great use of your time and the internet, you know? Yeah. Al Gore, you really did that. You helped solve. Uh, Al Gore, Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos' internet. Uh-huh. You're all right. <laughs> um, then there's also, oh, I just laughed and now I'm going to read something horrible. Um, the 2017 yeah. Charlottesville Unite the Right March, where people on social media falsely identified someone through, um, thought to be involved in the march. The innocent person accused had people across the internet demanding he get fired from his job, accused him of being racist, and even went as far as posting his address on the internet. That is, see, yeah, you have to be 100% certain about who you're looking at. Yeah. And it's also people don't really give a shit about evidence online, uh-huh. which is scary 
Um, especially in cancel culture and all this, you know, it's like, well, he said this way yeah. back when I can't find the exact tweet, but trust me. Yeah. And that's enough for people to go off of. I guess this is that example. I mean, a unite the right March, dude. I remember that. Like, wow. Yeah. I was living in Norfolk at the time and like everyone that's Southern Virginia and everyone was driving up to not the, not the unite the right March, like to like counter protest. All the my march. friends were going. Yeah. No, no uh, they were, they were driving up to counter protest. That made me sound so horrible for a second, but it was like a really huge, huge thing in Virginia. And also I think someone unfortunately was died there as well. Jesus. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the- that's scary to be like, I saw you there. No, 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 it was him. It was him. Yeah. And it's like, what? No, no, no. And you are defenseless in that sense. Yeah. No, 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 I and if you're like, you fit all the stereotypes of someone who would be there, uh-huh. you're done, dude. You're done. That's like one of the benefits of like this. This is going to sound weird, like of documenting. Like if, I, if I'm an online content creator, like I document where I am at all times. And it kind of like, I mean, I don't like regularly interact with things that could I could get accused of like a crime or something but i probably have like a picture of me laying in bed at that exact moment which, right you which, have an alibi yeah it's the only thing i really think about um yeah yeah there's another example um from the 2013 boston marathon reddit thread mm-hmm. um called find boston bombers it went extremely viral after the marathon's tragedy and people were scanning pictures of the event to try to identify the young male with dark hair and a backpack the internet sleuths used unconfirmed police scanners and ruined the reputations of several innocent people when making their accusations. Since Reddit is an anonymous site, there were no consequences for anyone involved. And one article even went as far as to accuse these internet sleuths as being a racist, where's Wally? That's rough. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, internet sleuths don't have to abide by any standards, which can be problematic in the act of solving a crime. You can say quite literally anything yeah could you but people would be like he's got a point (laughs) but could you imagine if they did have like a creed you know like (laughs) uh like a list of rules it's like first rule of internet sleuthing don't lie yeah yeah, lie about (laughs) who you are um it's like fight club um (laughs) (laughs) lie about anything and everything mislead the police (laughs) yes um yeah, the internet has no type of restraints as they um, as there is in the policing world. Which you, I don't really think that police really have any restraints either. I, and if there are restraints, people are going to break them. Yeah. You know what I mean? um, authorities are sworn to follow a detailed list of protocols in their day-to-day work to ensure that what they do is legal and ethical. Yeah, sure. Uh, one mm. could argue that there are no rules on the internet and that some have even violated serious confidentiality laws. Read that for me. One One could argue that some have even violated serious (laughs) confidentiality laws in the process of solving crimes. So they violated community guidelines. (laughs) (laughs) Police have been vocal about Internet sleuths practicing of doxing. Doxing is considered a malicious act when a person reveals someone's identity or personal information online. This can include their name, address, workplace, financial information, social security number, criminal history, and personal photos. Although doxing has many consequences to those wrongfully accused and violated, it is not technically illegal if the exposed information was obtained using legal methods. However, doxing can fall under the laws of cyberstalking, harassment, and threats. Always, I would argue. Yeah, one time someone found out where I used to work and they sent me... um, a printed script of Law & Order SVU that was signed by the cast. Hey! Which, while was nice, don't ever fucking do that. I mean, you can't... 
was just, yeah. It was like, no, it was the most horrifying nice thing that's ever happened to me. Um, so I do want to just now move on to the examples of solved crimes with internet contribution. Um, the first one being a lottery winner murder was tracked down by web sleuths. Uh, Abraham Shakespeare's murder was a big a deal. I know, I was about to say. Do you think they're related? Uh, murder was a big deal in Florida. He was a day laborer who won. I know that's not likely after I just said that out loud. Uh, he was a day <laughs> laborer who won $32 million in the state lottery, only to be murdered by his financial advisor, D.D. Moore. Police. D. D. <laughs> Police suspected more, but they couldn't prove it until she began commenting on the WebSleuth website under a false name, then refuting those claims under her actual name? Oh my god! WebSleuth took note of the matching IP addresses, giving authority the evidence they needed to arrest her. This dumb bitch used her own name to be like, no, that doesn't sound like her. I know Dee Dee. She's a close friend of mine. Yeah, I love her. She's so pretty and skinny and hot, too, and smart and funny. Yeah, and I'm like, single, I've heard. And also rich. <laughs> that's actually, that's just another testament to, like, how older people are, like, absolute idiots online sometimes. Yeah, she thought she was doing something. You did nothing, <laughs> girl. You went to jail. Dude, I worry about lottery winners because, not like, it usually there's, like, it ends very, like, sadly with lottery yeah. winners. People end up, like, asking them for, like, their money or, like, they have to like go into hiding basically and you get taxed out the ass you don't even get to keep the majority of the money yeah you probably uh, i mean but if you tax like you know 15 million off 32 million that's still you know you got six 17 more million you're still sitting pretty yeah um do you want to talk about the next, the next one so the next one is twitter and facebook users help solve hate crime after a 2014 incident in which two men were beaten up by a group of people because of their sexual orientation, Twitter and Facebook users cross-referenced pictures of the possible assailants with their restaurant check-ins. Ultimately, they were able to identify the culprits. Slay. There's another one um, where Anonymous targets a pedophile group. In 2015, Anonymous began a concerted effort to expose a worldwide pedophile ring that had been operating in secret since at least the 1980s. Calling their effort Operation Death Eaters. They love Harry Potter. Anonymous began collating child sex cases from across the world and cross-referencing them with dark web subgroups. Now, see, this is something, this isn't the average internet user. Like, wait, if this and this, it's like them with like a red thing yeah, yeah. on a board. This Anonymous works a lot differently. Um, a spokesperson for Anonymous said, the premise behind Op Death Eaters is to expose high-level complicity, obstruction of justice, and cover-up in the pedo-sadist industry in order to show the need for independent inquiries. It is kind of, like, funny to think about Anonymous being, like, a millennial and, like, a huge Harry Potter stan. Yeah. What should we call it? Uh, avocado toast? No. <laughs> think, 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 think. Anybody feel like Harry Potter? <laughs> Underneath his, like, mask is, like, I don't know, like, I was going to say underneath his mask is, like, a cloak, but then, yeah, whatever, it's the whole thing. Um, He's like, okay, we go in, we have invisibility cloaks, I use my wand, they're like, maybe, hey, 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 hey. The wand appears, like, right next to his desk. <laughs> it's even funnier as him being like, all right, we need a name for this. I came up with one, Operation Death Eaters. Someone in the back is like, that's from Harry Potter, dude. Yeah. He's like, what's yeah. worse than a pedophile uh, ring? Death eaters. That's um, eater. a really interesting choice. But I mean, if it worked, it worked. Yeah. And then. Hey, thanks, Anonymous. Thank you for that. Um, 
So there was also a man murdered for his Civil War era items. Uh, tattoo artist and 19th century antiques collector Greg May was murdered and his body was cut up with a chainsaw. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. That's violent. Uh, it took a year for police and federal investigators to prove that he was dead. Um, all they knew was that his former roommate had stolen his $70,000 collection. It wasn't until you with my Legos. <laughs> um <laughs> It was oh jeez I'm no better than the true crime people right now. Um, it wasn't until they were contacted by Ellen Leach, an e detective, who was trying to solve what she thought was a different murder with information about a severed head found in a bucket full of concrete. They oh, were no. that they were able to charge the ex roommate with murder. So the roommate did it. Oh my god! His a chainsaw, dude. Yeah, that's violent. Um, and then. That's yeah. Man just fucking loves the Civil War. Just loves the Civil War. He's so jealous. I I'm that's you doing that um to me and my limited edition stuffed Mickey Mouses. Yeah. And that's your Legos. Dude, I I don't want to joke about crime, but give me a second. Um I realized like with my anxiety problems, I would if a cop asked me literally any question, I would tell them my life story. Like, yeah. Oh no, you're guilty, dude. If someone if a cop starts investigating you, you're guilty. Oh dude, I tell them like everything. Like um like one time I got like pulled over in Virginia for like expired registration and like license plates or something like that. And then I was like, uh, the cop was like, have you been driving for long? And I was like, no, I'm just trying to get to work. Like I don't usually drive with this car. And then for some reason I was like, do you wanna hear something funny? I just came down from Playlist Live in DC and I realized I just like was trying to like make him laugh, but I just also admitted to driving like 150 miles to DC. And I was like, oh my God, I'm an idiot. But also- Driving through multiple states. With expired yes. registration and no insurance. He's like, have you been driving? I'm like, no, but funny thing, I have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, but um, this is gonna sound really sad. Um, so uh, in Virginia, I don't know if this is everywhere. He like wrote on the ticket that I weighed 115 pounds, and so like uh, after that interaction, I was like, he thinks I weigh 115 pounds. I still yeah. have that ticket because I was like, I was, I was like, I'm not 115 pounds. You should frame it. I did frame it, and I put it in a TikTok. but yeah dude if i if i committed any crime and a cop asked me i would tell them every bad thing i've done wrong in the past six months that's the thing is like because it's like when you're trying to lie to your parents and it's like okay i need to make up a lie and then the lie gets really extravagant yeah it's like i feel like the police would ask me a question and i would be telling the truth but i would be so nervous that it would look like i was lying yeah (laughs) or like you would be like would you you say laughing like out of nervousness nervousness no. Oh, I thought. Sorry, I just misheard you. Wait, what'd you just say? I thought you said that like you'd be listening. Yeah, you'd be I like. I said I would be so nervous that I would just start. Like, I, it would. I would tell the truth, but I would be so nervous it would look like I was lying. Yeah, it's like when people are like really like in a lot of pain, but they don't know how to react to it, so they just start laughing. And yes. Yeah. Like yeah. my mom got part of her foot crushed off, and like when her like coworkers found her, like she was laughing Giggle. so hard. Yes, yeah, she was just laughing, and I was like. Imagine seeing that, like someone's like boot is just filled with blood and then they're just like laughing like it's no big deal. That's wild. Mm-hmm. That's, that would be us with the police. Uh, I hope I never get interrogated because I'm just going to Are you know, like under pressure when you lie. Yeah. For no yeah. Like, or, why do they do that? 
Oh, dude, when I got fired from my last job, they literally, like, didn't give me two weeks. They just, like, ma- they l- made me leave that day, like, drop off my... And I was like, but I, I don't have enough money. Like, they're, they're like, go to unemployment. And whatever you tell them, we will agree with. And I was like... Because they didn't tell me why exactly they fired me. They just, like, were letting me go. And so yeah, I didn't same. get I didn't get unemployment because I didn't want to lie to the government about... Because I could... If I made up something wrong... And I, I didn't want to be like, government, I got fired because this, so I just never got unemployment. Oh, I would have lied. I would have said that was... someone assaulted me or something. At work? Yeah. Then they would have investigated that. <laughs> you got what? fired because you were assaulted at work? <laughs> <laughs> that would definitely end up in a... About it. Wait, what? And I complained about it. That <laughs> happened all the time. Yeah, I know. But that would like turn into like an investigation, I feel like. I guess you're right. What what's something so minor that they wouldn't investigate it? They'd just be like, all right. Um too many bathroom breaks. Yeah, just shitting every hour on the hour. You just uh, <laughs> you use them like company time. Yeah. <laughs> you're using them like smoke breaks. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's also Twitter helped people find a stolen laptop after a Canadian web consultant named Sean Power had his laptop, cell phone, healthcare card, and two copies of his birth certificate. Why were you carrying two copies of your birth certificate? My birth certificate. My <laughs> both, glasses. Both of them. <laughs> um, you stolen. Both copies. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You know, like how um, in like high school, like you had like binders that you could put stuff in the front. Yep. The yep. front is just his first birth certificate. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yep. Um, but while he was on a trip to New York, he thought all was lost. That is until the free tracking app Prey located his laptop, uh, took screenshots of the desktop and turned on his camera to show him who, who was using it. That's a big fear of mine that they can turn yeah. on your camera. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, in um, in college, people used to have. I remember um, they used to put sticky notes over their uh, laptop camera, and I was all, I was always like, why? Like, yeah. who cares? But then it's also like, I take my laptop everywhere, and like I have my laptop on the toilet sometimes and stuff like that. And yeah. it's like you don't really think about. I think about more with my phone. It's like I'm nervous if someone was watching me just because it's a bad angle. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh. I wish I could cover that up. The idea, like, there was, like, those jokes, like, my FBI agent, like, like spying on me. The idea of your FBI agent just, like, logs on and you're just, like, echoing farts. Like, yeah. When you're on the toilet. I'm just, like, liquid diarrhea. <laughs> He's like, I hate my job. Oh, my God, I hate my job. I hate my job. Mondays. Um, <laughs> Mondays, am I right? <laughs> he gestures to the screen and you're, like, going through it on the computer. And he's just, like... Watching internet personality Sarah Shower shit her pants. <laughs> yes. Uh, Power then hopped on Twitter to send his New York followers to the bar where his laptop was being used and help bring the thief to justice. Oh, that is super nice that your followers would go for you. That's wild. That would be so, so nice if you like if someone like threatened to fight you and I could just send a couple of you guys out there. Yeah. Would you guys <laughs> just like, could you go get it for me? Yes. One of your followers steals it. <laughs> I send more followers not learning my lesson. <laughs> and they just keep passing my laptop around. <laughs> uh, so we want to talk about one final one, which I think is, I mean, this is an example of like, wow, the internet's crazy. There was a 19 year old hacker that helped arrest multiple pedophiles. His name was Brad Williams. He's a keyboard cowboy. He wrote a Trojan horse program that allowed him to control any computer that was unlucky enough to download his program. 
After laying his trap, he spent three years tracking emails and cataloging child predators by degree of risk, specifically focusing on suspected child porn producers and child molesters. With this information and the help of another internet group, police were able to bring down multiple online pedophiles. That is wild. You dedicate three years of your life to this? And you're not too bad, man. Yeah, that's actually incredible. And that sounds like an amazing like an amazing college essay. It's like yeah. what's something that like really impacted your life? Well, I spent three years uh tracking a pedophile ring and taking them down. I'd be like ranking them by degree of risk <laughs> and danger. <laughs> Welcome aboard. You're now a you know, seagull. <laughs> Go goals. But yeah, Welcome that's- to the University of Texas. <laughs> What's the University of Texas's mascot? Longhorns. Oh. Uh, Isn't that a that the actual football team? No. Then what are the Texas like NFL team? Yeah, it's the Longhorns. No, it's the Houston Texans. The Longhorn Steakhouse. <laughs> the the mascot, the Texas Roadhouses. <laughs> Just a big like garlic bread runs on the field. <laughs> Peanut shells on the floor. Yes. <laughs> and their right, stadium guys. just oh sorry. Uh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. No, you go say what you were saying. The idea of their stadium just constantly being covered in like peanut shells <laughs> everywhere. One slipping. It's a big insurance risk. They have like no fans of the like peanut allergy. <laughs> they have EpiPens everywhere. Free EpiPens. <laughs> yes. Okay, guys. Well, that's been um, Crime Solved Online. Uh, let us know if you've ever solved a crime online or... Or want if- to join an e-detective force yes. <laughs> and need a reference. Yes. <laughs> uh, but thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Uh, this has been Violating, Violating Community, Community Guidelines. Guidelines. With your cousins, uncles, and counselors, Brittany and Sarah. Yeah. Uh, make sure to like us on YouTube, subscribe, listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any place you get your podcasts. Leave a review, leave a rating. A five kiss star. Kiss me on the mouth. Yes, kiss Brittany on the mouth. Please kiss me on the mouth. All right, thank you guys. Bye. I really got